Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 116. This week, we talk with Frank Kruger about continuous, demotivational products that don't work, a website that makes it easy to start developer arguments, and Jason falls in love with his Surface Book. This episode of the MS Dev Show is brought to you by Infragistics, providing tools and solutions to accelerate design, development, insights, and collaboration for any organization. This week, we have Frank Kruger, independent mobile app developer and co-host of Merge Conflict. How's it going, Frank? Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, we've actually, uh, we've mentioned you on the last couple episodes uh, because of this continuous app. Um, yeah. So we're like super excited because we had Lori Lalonde on, was that the last episode? Car- no, 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 that was two episodes ago. ago. She mentioned Yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. It- I, I heard about that from a third party. They're like, oh, you got to listen to this. She was totally promoming you. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. She's, she said she was a huge fangirl. And then uh, we had Scott Hunter on and he's just like, he's like, oh, have you seen this app continuous? So man, you guys are, are you're just not you guys, like you are just taking like the world by storm. Everybody, everybody knows about this. And, and seriously, I tweeted this to you. I have been, I've been walking around the Microsoft campus, showing it to everybody who would look at it, like, check this out. And there's like 10% of people that I, you know, that just don't get it at all. And they're like, oh, okay, whatever. And then there's like another, I think about, um, about half the people at first they're like, oh, okay. Okay. Like my intern, he was looking at it and he's like, oh, okay. And then he, he actually went back to what he was working on and we were chatting about what he was working on. He stops all of a sudden. He's like, wait a second. (laughs) <laughs> and he's like, it's running in the, anyway, so we'll, we'll talk about it. But like all of us, like it took, it took about five minutes and then his, his like brain exploded in his head while he was working on something else, which was, uh, which was just really phenomenal. Well, I, I like to make the judgment. Is he a millennial? So yeah, maybe a little more iPad aware. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like he's, he's finishing up school right now or college right now. So yeah, I yeah. think so. I don't know the exact time frames, but yeah, I believe he is. So. Okay, so Carl, what's going on? You here to pimp that conference again? Yes, I am. I'm, in fact, if you're watching video, you can see me bounce on my ball wearing my That Conference shirt. <laughs> and uh, uh, I'll be there. I'll be handing out lots of swag, like our new coffee mugs to some chosen people. And we got just a, a lot of other things that we're looking forward to, to do. Uh, a lot of people we want to interview. If you have anybody that you know is going to be there, there's a lot of speakers, a lot of cool people. You know, set, you know, let tell us who they are so we can make sure that yep. we interview all the people that you want to hear about. I mean, yep. we're we're there to have fun ourselves, but we're also there to bring valuable content back to you. So, you know, definitely, yep. definitely reach out to us. Yep. And speaking of which, I posted out a video with uh, both our new mug. Mm-hmm video shot right here yeah. and right next to last <laughs> year's right that right. conference coffee mug and uh just ask who you know who is going to be there and uh just for replying to that tweet angela dugan on twitter said you know i'll be there and uh we're looking forward to uh, uh seeing you too angela so not only will we see you there but you will also be receiving an infragistics ultimate license so if you want to get mentioned on the show like Angela, send us an email to feedback at msdevshow.com, comment on Facebook, YouTube, or Stitcher. We really like those five-star iTunes reviews. And if we select yours, you will win this same license. Uh, you just picked her because she checked all the boxes because it was like, you know, responded to you on Twitter, <laughs> had that conference in there, had MS Dev Show in there. So, <laughs> 
Yep, that's that's how it works, though. Hey, we pander um, just as much yeah. as everybody else. Uh, yeah, you know, it's it's funny, and and I I I don't think I've kept up as well on this as of late, but um, you know, you, me, and I think the MS Dev Show account, like anytime anybody mentions the show, like we pretty much all three of us retweet it. Like it's pretty much a, a certainty. Um, as long as you don't say something really horrible, like you could say something just a little bad and I'd probably still retweet it. But if, as long as it's not horribly bad, um, I will retweet it. <laughs> and I haven't so. seen any comments like that anyway. So no, 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 we haven't. No, they're, they're always awesome. So thank all of you, uh, very much. Okay. So news, what do we got here? How to write unmaintainable code. So just look at Jason's GitHub account. I think no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's it. I quit Carl. No, I'll, yeah. This, do, do we really need a tutorial on this? <laughs> I, I haven't read the whole thing. Well, and, here, but, and mean, here's the thing. This is it's, my default state. Yeah, it's not It's not just a tutorial. Like, this is like a GitHub repo of, like, so it's, we're not we're not bashing a person. Like, it was designed to, like, be a place where you put all of these things. And whenever you come up with more uh, rules, you can actually submit a pull request to this and, and submit them. So this thing is, like, I don't know. Uh, dozens of pages long of all the things that uh, that if you want to be a bad developer, this is how you can do it. I used to be a fan of the daily WTF. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is kind of along those lines. Yeah, uh, it's always fun to see counterexamples. <laughs> oh my yeah. god, I'm just having a lot of horrible <laughs> memories from that. <laughs> is it still around? It must be, huh? It just sort of went I, I, downhill. I guess so yeah, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, I have to go check it out. Maybe, maybe they got good again. Yeah. So, you know, I, I really don't want to comment too much about this, not only because it's kind of been done, but like if we were to print this out, this is probably like a small book in and of itself. This page yeah. just keeps going and going and going and it it's pretty well done. So literally, yeah. you know, I don't think you could do everything in here. Yeah. Single letter variable names. They have a lot of different naming things, you know, um, or commenting you know, like- the obvious, you know, adding one to I. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As I scroll through this, I've done each one. Oh yeah, in the aggregate, I think I might have hit a good ninety percent here. I love this <laughs> names from mathematics. Choose variable names that masquerade as mathematical operators. So they have open parent as a as a word equals. They have a, an actual slash, but then they have the word slash plus the word asterisk, and then a parentheses, and then divided by equals the word. <laughs> If that made any sense, you'd almost have to look at it. And then the other one, bedazzling names, Mary Poppins equals Superman plus starship divided by God. (laughs) Okay. That would actually be pretty cool. I like this one. Semicolons always use semicolons whenever they are syntactically allowed. I had a boss that did that. He was was an assembly programmer and everything had semicolons. (laughs) That's awesome. And then you may as well just put on one line at the same, at the same point and use more than one. Like, you know, you can use more than one. Like it's, it's in most la- actually JavaScript, it's, it's at least zero, but in most languages, at least one, right? So you can go above, like, like, you know, one piece of flair is, is the minimum. Like that's what everybody's expected to use, but you can go above and beyond <laughs> look busy, fast copy. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> does nothing. <laughs> they have a whole bunch of code in here that just does nothing. <laughs> Hide instances with synonyms. Okay. I, I am going to have to read through this entire thing. This lie in the comments. That's awesome. You don't have to actively lie. Just fail to keep comments up to date with the code. Well, that's what everybody does. Uh, okay. Anyway, I can't, I can't keep, I can't keep reading this and this will take hours. Okay. Do this all day long. <laughs> Let's move on. Motivational products that, uh, motivational products don't work, but demotivator products don't work even better. <laughs> so, uh, somebody passed this on to me, uh, 
through a Slack channel that I was at. So I can't take mm-hmm. credit for finding this, but we've all seen those like motivational posters. They got the black backgrounds. They've got like one word and big color and like a little description underneath. Uh, but this one shows something like wishes. When you wish upon a falling star, your dreams can come true. Unless it's really a meteorite hur- hurtling towards earth, which will destroy all life. Then you're pretty much hellos <laughs> no matter what you wish for. Unless it's for death by meteor. <laughs> meteor for president 2016. Yeah, but there's uh, tons of these, and once again, you can get lost for quite a long time trying to just oh, read all of these. I love this. There's a picture of a spork, and it says multitasking, the art of doing twice as much as you should, half as well as you could. <laughs> and uh, it should be a spork ife, though, although then it would be uh, a third, so I guess it wouldn't flow as well. Um, any of the other ones you want to point out there, Carl? No, there's a lot of good ones, and I can think I, we can go. Can you buy, like, what, what's yes. the deal here? I can buy these? Yeah, so you can buy those, or you can get a high-quality one to print out on your own, but you can get them as posters and mugs and T-shirts. So this is an actual site trying to make money, but uh, these are hilarious either way. Can you download them for free? I have not tried. I was too just busy because, just looking at them. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind, like, paying for a good product, but, uh, like, I have photo places I go through that I know do a good job. Um, that did like my my other poster. So maybe they'll have digital purchases, something like that. Yeah, um, I'll have to take a look at that. Uh, okay, what do we got next here? Salary transparency at Stack Overflow. So they have a little calculator here. So if you want to see how much you make yeah. at Stack Overflow, so Frank, if I you just want, went through it, yeah, if you want yeah, to give up yeah. the independent gig. Yeah, uh, we're we're uh, we're doing okay as an independent. Yeah, I'll just say that. <laughs> <laughs> After going through the calculator, I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, this is. Um, yeah, he, so this is if you work at uh, Joel's company. Is that what uh, this well? Is? It's, or is it's, this industry? Yeah, so Stack Stack Overflow. Oh, because do they do a salary survey? Also, well, they they have they have their like annual survey. I don't know if they if they do it like through the company. They have they have an annual survey that covers uh, salaries, I believe. But um, let's just put it this way: so they're I'm I'm not saying they're sal. I'm not going to say if they're good or bad. I mean, you can go out there and kind of judge for yourself. But um, I will say like this com this is one of the companies I I think this and I I don't I think this one's like a wholly owned subsidiary of uh, Fog Creek Software. I guess I'm not completely sure how the whole thing is structured anymore. But um, I will say that I think that they have a lot of um, you know Joel has talked in the past whenever they have a job posting like he gets like hundreds if not thousands of resumes. So I mean they're very well known and in, in the advantage of having a well known company is I think it's a lot easier to find people. So that obviously plays into the whole supply demand equation. Plus, you know, they, it, they just make it an awesome place to work and it's hard to, you know, it, this is, this almost does them a, a disservice um, because it doesn't factor in those things. I mean, I've had like a job that paid, um, you know, good in cash, but then it had horrible benefits. And then, you know, I've had a job that had really good benefits and the pay was okay. And it's way more complicated. So anybody listening to the show, that's like sort of getting started in the field, like it, it's a, it's a really difficult equation to look at. Like you, you have to factor in your happiness. You have to f- factor in, like I said, the benefits, you know, like 401k and healthcare and all that, those things are extremely expensive. Um, so, you know, I don't know. It, it's gotta be tough whenever you're getting started out trying to compare places. Well, but another I, thing that's don't go off at just salary alone. Yeah. Another thing that's, you have to consider too, is a lot of the times when you're looking at like Stack Overflow, Microsoft, Google, especially for the lower end positions, they're going to be getting compensated better than, you know, a random development shop in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, shortly after this came out, I was talking to a few people online who had saw this and like, you know, Hey, you know, I'm 
you know, been a developer for one year and this is like double my salary. I'm like, well, that's what you get at those kinds of places. Yeah. Move to New York and live in a, you know, 150 square foot, you know, apartment and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but you're in hell's kitchen. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah you're right. So there, there's different, you know, there really are, um, you know, different like tech areas, and then the competition in those areas, I think, determines a lot of this as well and determines the environment because there's like the, the whole Silicon area or Silicon Valley area. And then there's just sort of like the West Coast in general. And, you know, at Microsoft, what helps, you know, keep things up is the fact that that Amazon is in the same city. Um, you also have Boeing and, you know, a lot of other tech companies here. So, you know, if Microsoft decided to cut everybody's salary in half, you know, people have other options. So, you know, it, when you're it really depends where you're geographically located. Care. If you can, if you can work remote, then that sort of changes the whole uh, equation. And I think that's what's going to really help. Um, I really advance the whole thing. I think uh, you know over the next couple of years is really working from home. I'm hoping, but uh, yeah. So this is just you know more more transparency. We always like Buffer because they publish like they actually publish individual salaries, but this is a calculator, which I think is is about just as useful. Well, and they said and- that they were inspired by Buffer, so I thought that was interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's awesome. I mean, Buffer, like they're basically just running a company like with complete transparency, which is, uh, Mm -hmm. which is pretty unheard of. And it feels so weird. (laughs) It just, it's so strange. And it, it's like, I don't, I'm not sure why, but it, it just, it's just so unusual, but I love the transparency is affecting me. I just learned a important lesson. The difference between one year of experience and 15 years of experience is only about 25 grand. So I just learned that I shouldn't have spent all this time. You know, I'm, I'm actually spent a year and got a job. I'm, I'm actually, that's 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 absurd. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to say it now. And and one of these. So uh, one of these. I'm actually going to switch the order of the news here. Which one is it? I want to say. Uh, which one is it here? Um, I think it, actually, you know what? I think it's actually the ni- the new one here. Why experts make bad teachers? I think this is the one. Um, well, anyway, the next title of the, or the new, the title of the next news item is why experts make a bad teacher. So let's, let's talk about this one. Um, and do you, first, do you want to talk about this one, Carl first? Yeah. So to kind of sum this up, it says, you know, when we learn things, you know, the things that really make it stick in our minds are kind of the abstraction abstractions that we build upon things. They go through this example about, you know, a child learning what a dog is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's through these concrete, you know, experiences that they have running into dogs. They learn like what different colors dogs can be, which ones bark, which ones don't. And in the end you have like, you build up an internal model in your head. That's the sum of all those abstractions. Like there are multiple different colored dogs, some bark, some don't blah, blah, blah. And in the end, you know, the knowledge that we have, the knowledge when you're trying to learn something, you're trying to learn what those kind of rule sets are. But when somebody just gives you that rule set, it's really hard to remember. And one of the things that they kind of do in order to illustrate that is uh, instead of they show you kind of the rules that they built up for that, uh, that dog thing. But later on, they have a a thing that says there's rules for, uh, let me get it right here. It says binkles can navigate except large binkles with spots. Binkles have long placards and whip a tat their snoblats when they get excited. Like how, <laughs> how easy is that to remember? Like if you've never run yeah. across them before. That sounds like standard biology class. <laughs> yeah, biology 101, Carl. And, and, and the thing is because you're hearing these rules without the concrete examples, it's harder to remember them. And yep. the getting back to the title of the article, when you have an expert – 
they they kind of just know these rules and but they've forgotten the experiences that have helped them remember those rules and because they've forgotten that it's hard for them to create you know those uh, experiences for you to you know have those again to mm-hmm. build upon so here's why I wanted to talk about this one. And, and I'm building, I'm going back to you, Frank. I wanted to make it clear. It wasn't just cutting you off. Um, so, so the, the example that I always keep in my head is chess and I'm, I, I really don't know anything about chess. So it's, it's really weird that I always use this as an example. Um, uh, but I think everybody can relate, relate to it, whether they understand chess or not. So if you, if you look, there's a couple things. If you look at the board and you watch, like, if you don't know chess at all and you watch people play like experts, like they're always thinking like 10 moves ahead and you're like, how is that possible? Because if you, if you look at like the brute force at, uh, approach to it, it's impossible. There's no human that can, that can think a number of moves ahead. But the thing is they have, they have, their brain has organized itself in such a way to see all these patterns and they're thinking in abstractions. There's, they're thinking like, I'm going to pull move. I don't know. They have the fancy names, right? But I'm going to move, I'm going to do move B and then they're either going to do D E or F in response. And then if they do D, I'm going to do this, you know, like they, that's how they're thinking. Um, and they think in more patterns and like, it's just, it's just sort of built into their brain at that point. And that builds on this idea that, um, you have to, what is it? There's a certain number of hours to become an expert at something. And I think it generally aligns to like 10 years. Like you have to do something mm-hmm. for 10 years to become an expert at something. And it's not just that you like memorize like all the different, you know, syntax of a particular programming language or something, sort of bring it back to programming. It's, it, it has nothing to do with that. Um, there's, there's just something there and working with my intern, like this guy, he's so smart. He's like way smarter than me. And he is just like, it's amazing the work that he's doing and and he can just run circles around me writing certain types of code. But if you could sort of take a step back and look at the the bigger picture, you know, he doesn't have that, that basis of that decade of experience to sort of, you know, be able to feel out like, he's like, Oh, I'm going to do it this way. I'm like, no, that's a bad idea. He goes, why? I'm like, I'm not sure. I'm like, I just know that it's not going to work. <laughs> and and I've done you that, you know, and I'll tell somebody that and then they'll be like, Oh, I'm going to do it anyway. And they come back and they're like, Oh, here's why. And I'm like, Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I, it's just, my brain has been reorganized in such a way that I know where the landmines are. You know, I, I don't even necessarily know why I'm making the decisions I am. I've just, you just sort of been trained that way. So it's funny, you know, the salary difference, you said, you know, $25,000. Yeah. I think that's, that seems crazy. To Not me. representative. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe, maybe they're just good at, and, and there's this, there's this whole argument about how you should treat junior developers. Should you just throw them in? And, and I kind of think you should just throw them in and have them work with everybody else. You know, don't treat them, don't call them like junior developers. Cause it's kind of silly. But, um, but the reality is like, they, 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 you know, they, they might be amazing at the things that they're doing, but they also need that other component, that 10 year experience component from the rest of the people on the team. And somehow you have to figure out how to leverage both of those. So it could be that stack overflow is just, they've, they've done a really good job of just being able to mix those two together. And at the end of the day, you know, their value is, is relatively um, the same. I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually completely buy that answer. Yeah. Uh, everything I've seen is it's a, a company of really genius people. Yeah, so I kind of buy into that. Yeah, I'm just my intern. He's just, I'm, it's he's just scary smart. <laughs> 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 yeah, just it's awesome. Like as Microsoft, you know, we hired uh, just tons and tons of interns, and it's just it's just awesome to see it. They they're just doing really awesome things. Uh, okay. Uh, developer arguments. Oh, this is good. Um, we should, we should make this a part of the show, Carl. <laughs> so if you go to developer you can see this. Go ahead, Carl. 
Yeah. So you go there and it just gives you like, if you, I think the, the theme of the site is if you have a few minutes at work or whatever, why not start an argument? And it, yeah. this just gives you something to argue about. Like, <laughs> you know, when I go here, it just kind of throws up a random one, like less versus SAS and lets you yeah. click a button native Tech versus editor web. versus IDE. Linux copy script versus JavaScript. Oh, Mac, oh Mac OS <laughs> X or all... Mac OS 10. <laughs> oh, wait, this one's for me. Object oriented programming versus functional programming. Yeah. <laughs> iOS versus Android. There's got to be tabs versus spaces in here somewhere. There is. Although I, I don't, I don't know if you saw that episode, Frank. Uh, it was, it was the last episode. Um, on... I, I was just listening to it. Oh. So I didn't get to the punchline though. Is there a performance? Yes, or absolutely. Not? So oh, it was in, it was in <laughs> Firefox, like 49, um, oh, <laughs> it was, it was because of an optimization they had in there. Tabs were like horrendously slow compared to spaces, which is funny because they're like, they're actually, you know, technically smaller. Uh, all the JavaScript people. Yeah, yeah. But so it was like, it was just a temporary fluke. So we, you know, <laughs> we just, we wanted to sensationalize it and clickbait it. So, uh, so the last thing, which, uh, is big news to me is I got a surface book. Let me undock it here. Da, 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 da. Beautiful. Yeah. I love this thing. So here's how thin it is. Well, anyway, you can go look at pictures or whatever, but, uh, this machine. So I, I wasn't even looking for a new machine, uh, work, you know, they sent me a thing. They're like, Oh, you've had your existing machine for 38 months, you know, pick out a new one and they give me a list. And I saw the service book on there and I talked to a few people and uh, let's just put it this way. A lot of people at Microsoft have the service book. So like it's going to be a well, very well supported machine. Um, so I got it and man, I love this thing like 10 times more than what I thought. Like I knew I'd like it, but I like really like it. The, uh, the trackpad, you know, um, you know, I don't know how much OS 10 stuff you do, but the, you know, Mac, I don't know. I don't know what, how they do this. You know, it's like, uh, the, the fire of that one volcano or whatever, is how they make them or something. But the, uh, <laughs> so bad. At these I'm, all, I'm really bad to? at all these references. <laughs> no, no, no. Like the, the, the Apple trackpad is just magical. Like there, I think there's just literal magic in there. I mean, if there's any magic on this planet, it's like in that trackpad. Right. And, and nobody has been able to come close to that. The surface book gets, I don't know. I'm trying to like quantify, but let's just say it's 90% as good, which is, which is far in a way like better than like anything else on the planet. So it's like, if it was like in a chart, Apple would be like way at the top. And then the service book would be like a close second. And then like every other would be like, it would <laughs> way be at the bottom. Like, yeah. 10%. Like, like 0. 0.4 <laughs> pixels. So it would actually like round to zero. Right. <laughs> so anyway, the trackpad is good. This thing is super thin. Uh, my Mac pro, my complaint on it is a sharp edge on the front. So my, my wrists, it like, it digs. In fact, there's like a red line there. It's like, you know, digs into my wrists. Whereas the surface book, I don't have that issue. Um, it's fast. It's got the I seven. I wish there was a quad core option, but it's, it's just dual core. Um, when it is on your lap, you don't run into this issue that I guess this is sort of a winter versus summer thing, but in the summer, uh, you don't get a hot lap because all the whole like CPU and everything is actually up in the, uh, up, up in the top part. So, so that you means don't in winter, that means in winter you don't get a hot lap. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> the only thing. Well, you can, you can put a blanket on or something. That's the thing, but you can't like in the winter, I mean the summer, what are you going to do? I mean, you're sitting there. I, there were so many times I'm sitting there with my Mac. I'm like, 
just sweating because of the things on my lap. And, you know, you can buy those like goofy things. I don't know. I don't need to deal around with that. Um, and then I have the surface dock, which is like the, the perfect implementation of a dock because it's got the magnetic and we'll call it MagSafe, which I know is like patented by Apple or whatever, but just to sort of relate to that, it's, it's magnetic, right? Like you can just, you can just rip it off of there and it pops off, but that single, uh, you know, magnetic connector gives you power. It gives you gigabit ethernet. It gives you a uh, dual display port. Uh, mini display port. It gives you, uh, I think four USB three ports. It gives you the audio port. So like I have two uh, external monitors here. One is 4k and like I plug that single thing and it's like, like now it's like full desktop. So I actually use this now instead of my, uh, of my desktop and I've used my Mac about 90% less. So I think that's kind of the real test. My Mac, I rarely use, like if I could run final cut pro on this, uh, surface book, it would be like all over from my Mac. I would sell it and happily cash out. So I have to ask the big question. Yep. How's the hinge on it? That hinge is all I stare at when I see one of these. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like you don't even think about it. Like I you don't even think. No, about I just it. open and close it. People uh, complain about that gap. Um, I don't it know. It freaks me out. I like every OCD <laughs> part of me. I just well, can't look at that gap as an engineer. So, so, so here, so here's the thing though. Like this is a Microsoft owned asset. I don't care if it breaks. Right. So like, I, you know, and, and it sounds kind of bad, but like if I had the device, I'd probably buy like a warranty so that I could do the same thing. But the, the reality is if this thing after even two years, cause you know, they, they give it to me for three years, right? Like they have to support it for that entire lifespan. I can sit there and open and close it all day long. Like I don't worry about it. If it breaks, I take it in. We have this thing called tech link. You walk in and there's like, they're, they're awesome. Like they'll either replace it or I've had to, they've had to replace the keyboard for me in the past and they can do it in five minutes. Um, so we just have really good IT support. Uh, That's funny. I wasn't even thinking about the quality of it. Oh, uh, purely from an aesthetic. How can you, how do you handle it sitting in a room? And when you walk in that room and you see it across the way, how does it look to you? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't it, I think it looks, it looks great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I think it looks great. <laughs> um, and then this windows. Hello. I've never had a machine with this. Oh my God. And I, we have to, we have to have a way to do this on the, on the desktop, but I'll, I just look at the computer and it, it, it logs in and it works so freaking well. The only time I've run an issue is like, I've tried it like in the dark, um, a couple of times, actually, like I just, you just look at it and it unlocks like instantly. Cause it uses infrared and like, uh, it figures out like 3d and all that good stuff. Um, the only time I had issues is when my blinds were sort of half open and it actually drew like white lines on my face. <laughs> I think, you know, it, it, if it has enough light, I think it doesn't use the infrared or I don't know how that works because it has the two different cameras. Um, but it was just like, uh, it's like, I'm not sure it's a trying to figure it out. Like, you know, because it has all these like cute sayings and it's like, uh, I think it's you. Okay. Oh, it's really? You. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had to get a little bit <laughs> closer. <laughs> Other than that, like it is like perfect every time. Like I, um, the only issue I had, if I'm, if I'm like three feet away from it, cause it is sitting way back on my desk cause I've hooked to the monitors. Um, it will take longer, but if I'm two feet away, it's like a fraction of a second every time. I mean, it's just the, it's the greatest feature ever. Not have even have to touch it. I just look at it and it works. So I don't know. I'm, I don't know if there's anything else I want to talk about on this thing. I don't use the pen. Um, you use visual studio on it away from a monitor. I have not, I've not done. Oh, actually, uh, no, but here's the thing. 
uh, here was the other thing that I was missing from the Macworld. So I put the anniversary update on here and it now has, so it has the virtual desktops, but it has the, the finger swipe where you'd normally use four. I switch it to three. I think four is, that's just too many fingers. So I use three and, um, you know, with the going just like you do in a Mac, you know, I do that all the time. Nice. I can do it on windows exactly the same. It works magnificently. Um, so that's the other thing. So, so even running visual studio, like this has a good size monitor. It's the high DPI monitor. Everything looks just a, just amazing on it. And the fact that you can do multiple desktops, like I tend to put, um, it's still not quite as good as the window management on OS 10 yet. Cause I can't pin like all my development tools in my second screen. Cause I always like doing that. So I would open up like VS code and it'd go, boom, it switch over to the second screen, open that. I'd have my browser like in the first one so I could reference some things and keep switching back and forth. Kind of like you do on your desktop, right? Like you probably favor uh, one screen for, you know, your editor and another for your, your browser, for example. Um, so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't do that. Um, but it's, that's not a big deal. You know, you just go over to that screen, you open it up and then it's there. Um, just the fact that it hasn't, I can swipe it that quickly is just life-changing. So this is just like my one machine that goes everywhere. I haven't had any issues with like docking and undocking it. Um, standby works great uh, or works pretty good in the adversary update. I haven't done a lot of testing with it. Um, I was talking to, I don't know much I can say, <laughs> but let, I'll just put it this way. Jason short. Uh, he was on the show a long time ago talking. Uh, he's on the, he's on the windows team now and he's doing some great stuff over there. Um, so, you know, he needs to keep up the great work. He's doing an awesome job. So yeah, I love the machine. Love it. I love it way more than what I thought I would. I think it's, I think it's near perfect. Um, yeah, I don't know. Any questions other than that? I, I like just the surface. And so I've always debated yeah. whether to get a, just a surface or whether to get this laptop guy. Yeah. I mean, um, the only reason to get a surface, I would think, because the surface actually weighs more than like the tablet portion of this. I was uh, like, well, what the heck do I do on a plane? Cause yeah. I always use a surface cause it had the kickstand. Well, you can, you undock the screen on this and you flip it around and you put it in tent mode. So you can, so I'll be able to put that on the, uh, on the, the tray yeah, cool. and then, uh, and then watch movies on it. And it's a bigger screen. So I actually think it'll be better for movies. Yeah. And then I can always flip it around and put it back on and hook up the GPU and everything. And then actually get some work done on the plane. And the fact that it's like smaller than my MacBook pro, I think I can actually get work done on a plane. So I'm traveling, uh, the end of this week, but I, I actually suspect this will be a better, a better plane machine than my combination of service pro three and uh, MacBook pro. Um, plus I don't have to like sort of pick and choose. So yeah, I got the I seven 16 gigs of Ram and the half terabyte of uh, a half terabyte hard drive. So I'm pretty happy with that configuration. Okay. Well, we talked about the news in my surface book for a long time. So <laughs> let's get into talking about continuous. Cause this is such a, this is such a cool project. So I guess where I wanted to start, you had this tweet and you even <laughs> referenced it. And I love this, you had this tweet back. It was uh, December 31st, 2015. Mm. I resolved to use my iPad pro for software development in 2016. Like what was the deal with that? Was that, was that, <laughs> was that serious? Was that sort of joking? Like in, in, in hindsight, it seems far more serious now, but at the time oh, yeah. I totally would have dismissed that. Yeah. Uh, I think most people did. Uh, well at the time, just so you know, my state of mind, everyone was having the grand debate of whether you should make resolutions for the new year or not. Everyone's kind of decided don't do it. You know, don't make yeah. resolutions. So I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm kind of a contrarian, so that means I do have to make a resolution now. So I had to decide what it was going to be. 
Uh, and at this time, I had the iPad Pro. Yeah. And I was just kind of in love with it as a device. Uh, I'm just kind of a technologist. I just like pretty things oh, that, yeah, do, yeah. <laughs> that work very well. It's overpowered. It has a gorgeous screen. Um, it's just a really good iPad, especially with the pen and everything. Mm-hmm. But I was getting kind of bored on it (laughs) because (laughs) you can only play games for so long. You can only watch videos for so long. Eventually, I like to do... That's just about all that the iPad is great for. (laughs) (laughs) I'll argue that. I mean, ever since 2010, I've been trying to write productivity apps for it. I've been always trying to push it to be a creation device. And Apple's finally buying into that argument, too. But you're right. Like, yeah, 99% of everything is sit back and watch. Yeah. Cool. So I wanted something for real that I could actually stretch my mind with. And I said, well, what do I really want? What I really want is an IDE that does .NET. And so, yeah. <laughs> oh, so you're crazy. That's, that's basically what we're hearing. Here. I didn't know what form it would take. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I probably would have been happy with a text editor that clouded <laughs> something to some cloud compiler or whatever. You know, I, I just wanted some kind of C-sharp on it. Okay. So I guess that leads us to the next thing is what is continuous for those in our audience that don't know and kind of, you know, what, what is that to you? And, you know, what are the pieces underneath that make it continuous? So continuous is an IDE for the iPad that compiles C sharp and F sharp code. So two .NET languages. I'd like to get more in there, but those two for now. Uh, I keep calling it an IDE because I really want to emphasize that I'm not trying to make like a little toy editor here or a viewer or something like that. I actually want this to be a tool, something that you can use. And it actually um, borrows a lot of UI features from classic Visual Studio, MonoDevelop, Xamarin Studio, whatever it's called. Um, So you have a normal project panel with your solutions. You have text editor with code completion. Thank you for the screenshot. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a real iPad. <laughs> yeah, if you have oh, the video, right. what you am I saying? It Jeez, it's like. actually animated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, okay. And then, so I wanted a standard IDE because I've, I've been using these IDEs forever, but then I wanted to be a little special. It's got to be special somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I went for this continuous part where it's continuously building and trying to continuously run your app so that it feels like you're always working with live objects instead of super stretched and abstracted away from the live execution environment i wanted you right in there and so you were showing i love writing code and then building and then you know (laughs) deploying and then waiting for the app to launch and then going through and flipping through my screens and then realizing that i totally wrote it wrong i enjoy that so you're you're ruining that for me professional programming (laughs) job i i was writing embedded code i would have to write the code compile it uh, put it onto a floppy disk, carry it over to the EEPROM burner, oh. pull an EEPROM out, burn it to an EEPROM, walk it over to the car, put it in the car, turn the ignition on the car, and see if my code worked. <laughs> and I think ever since that experience, I've been just trying to shorten that cycle. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about and an so, extreme example, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that really teaches you a lot of lessons in programming when you have that kind of a delay. Yeah, absolutely. Infragistics, Ultimate UX and UI Tools, and Enterprise Mobility Solutions, SharePlus and Report Plus, enable high-performance apps on any device, faster data insights, simplified collaboration, and market-leading security, all backed by comprehensive support. With Infragistics Ultimate UX and UI Development Toolkit, you can ensure mission-critical applications delivering a superior user experience on the desktop, web, and native device environments for iOS and Android. 
with the latest BI tools, wow your users with dashboards providing the data insights that they need when and where they need it, all at a low total cost of ownership. Try it today. Download a free trial at Infragistics.com and follow them for the latest updates in UX and UI development, reporting, and collaboration at Infragistics on Twitter. And remember, each week, if we pick your comment on the show, you will get a free copy of Infragistics Ultimate UX and UI Toolset. So continuous's delay right now is about a third of a millisecond. So <laughs> from, the time, <laughs> from the time you type a character, one third of a second, it's actually running. Okay, so this this iPad here is not mine. This is uh, this is actually owned by owned by Microsoft, as seen by the sticker on the back. Mm-hmm. Um, should I should I just throw all my computers away and just go get an iPad then? Well, we just had that awesome segment on your awesome computer. <laughs> so, no, I guess not. Okay, I, I keep it. I, when when you sent me this question, my answer was obviously yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you kind of won me over with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice machine. Awesome. Uh, no, but um, I think that there's always going to be a place for the 30-inch monitor when programming. Mm-hmm. But I want I want a good experience on smaller devices, and that's what I'm trying to provide. Actually, I never thought of that. So um, I know with with uh, Windows and Windows Phone, like you can you can do. Um you can hook up an external display. Um, I know that you can output like video over like an iPad, but can you do, could you, is there a way to actually hook up an external monitor and and, like run this app on there or not? (laughs) This is the multi-monitor question. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I I have two answers. One's funny and one's for real. The for real one is yes, uh, apps can support it. Um, Ever since like iOS four, you've been able to plug an external display in. By default, it just mirrors your app. But if the app developer um, opts in, they can put a whole nother window, a whole nother GUI up on the other display. The problem is uh, there's no input for that other display. It's just a oh yeah, because there's no mouse cursor. Yeah, so so for something like continuous, I could still use it. I could put um, the running app maybe on the other display. But no, the truth is in the iPad world, um, if you want two screens, you buy two iPads. And if you want a third screen, you buy (laughs) a six plus. It's a multi iPad world. It's a multi screen world. And it's a joke. But I think honestly, in the future, it's going to be like that. I think we will be Captain Picard with 20 iPads on his desk or surfaces whatever they happen to be i know isn't that so funny like yeah go back and watch that and and it's like you know oh he picks this one up he's like oh wait this isn't the book i was reading Uh, that that one that one's that one's over here but we (laughs) all know navigating in these things is a pain in the butt yeah once the app is loaded yeah you just Just move it into the the next ipad (laughs) yeah (laughs) just move it on the next ipad and with apple's pricing model that's pretty easy to do Mm. (laughs) the ipad pro is very reasonable maybe androids (laughs) (laughs) yeah some cheap android tablets amazon fire tablets yeah. <laughs> so how how are you getting continuous to work? Is it because of the open source nature of like some of the compilers nowadays and all of the work that Xamarin's done in that area as well? Or are you doing just a lot of stuff on your own? Um, I would say uh, two thirds, one third, something <laughs> like that. So <laughs> um, definitely this wouldn't be possible without um, F Sharp's compiler being open source. That was done a few years ago. And it also takes advantage of Roslyn, the C Sharp compiler from Microsoft, which was open sourced, gosh, what, a year ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> time flies. Yeah. Um, 
So I take huge advantage, not even huge advantage, I rely on those compilers. <laughs> I am not going to write a compiler. No. As, as much as I love programming languages, that's not going to happen. Um, so those are great. Uh, those will take your text and convert them into assemblies, but we still have the fundamental problem on the iPad that you can't run a JIT. You can't uh, dynamically execute code. And to get around that, I had to write an IL interpreter, basically another .NET runtime and had to put that on there. But it's a funny runtime. <laughs> that's a bad lead. <laughs> it's a funny runtime. <laughs> well, maybe... Well, that's funny. So so the, so the what are all the technologies you sort of mash together? Yeah. So you mentioned Roslyn. Okay. Yeah. What are some of the other pieces of this? Obviously, Roslin's there's Xamarin a big one. involved. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, we'll start from the bottom up. Yeah. Roslyn, we'll start there. Okay. Uh, then there's another project called the F-Sharp Compiler Service, which is the F-Sharp Compiler, but made a little more Roslyn-like. It provides some text editor support, things like that. So you got those two base technologies, then throw in my third base technology, the interpreter, uh, throw on a UI now, mm -hmm. and then compile all of that under Xamarin. <laughs> and I, I say all of that in a very weird way because it's a lot of code. I'm bundling all of all of .NET, basically. Yeah. I'm shipping .NET in this app, yeah. plus all of Xamarin's bindings to uh, iOS. So you can do native programming uh, in the same environment. Plus, I throw in some NuGets and some other things. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a huge mess of code that gets compiled, literally hundreds of megabytes of code. But all compiled down to ARM, all very fast. Yeah, um, and you said that you wrote the IL interpreter, correct? So that is that was that the only challenge in getting around like Apple's rules because I know they're they're kind of tricky in 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 yeah. what you can actually run on there because I know in the past like you couldn't run emulators and some other things yeah. I don't know exactly what the rules are. Uh, actually, yeah, tying back to uh, our abstraction discussion and years of programming experience, yeah. uh, you get to know Apple's rules, and so yeah. I really internalize them. And so even when I'm <laughs> conceiving of an app, I know what the app. Wake up in cold of. sweats at night. <laughs> yeah, kind yeah. of. <laughs> That's the experience paying off. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I had a pretty good understanding of what Apple allows and what what they don't allow. So even. In January, when I first started designing the app in my head, it was always designing with those rules okay. in mind. And yeah, the interpreter gets you around that. Which actually reminds me of, uh, you had said, I think this was on Twitter, you had mentioned that in, then you had an update to it with all these great features and they were trying to classify it as a game or something? Uh, as a health app. A health app. <laughs> <laughs> what? What, what happened there? So the the 1.0 of this app got approved in a day and a half. Yeah. It was one of my fastest approvals ever. I'm like, great, good job, <laughs> Apple. Which, is, which I would not expect with this type of no, app. I expect exactly. him to be like, I was uh, expecting months. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, but then as all 1.0s have, it had its share of little bugs yeah. <laughs> that somehow got out, and so I just had um, there weren't the, I, little... in your defense, like there were not that. Ma I mean, like I use this oh. thing a lot. <laughs> And it's, it was pretty, even in 1.0, it was pretty damn good, I have to admit. That's because I used F-sharp. Okay. <laughs> F-sharp. No, no, yeah. Okay. I'll just, just I, I really appreciate that. Doesn't um, have exceptions. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, it's got them. Um, I, I didn't want to release a piece of junk. Yeah. So this thing took me longer than I normally spend on apps because I wanted to make sure the quality was up there. Yeah. So that's just work. Yeah. And they, so then you, so then you wanted to submit the update. Yeah, I wanted to submit the update, submitted the update, and they classified it as a health app. 
and said that I'm not obeying all the rules of health apps. <laughs> and so, where I'm talking about, I internalize rules. I never internalized the health app rules. It just never occurred to me. <laughs> You've like enabled GPS and you know, yeah, when and, they're standing and their defense, what they noticed was you could access HealthKit data from the app. And so they had to kind of do their own internal discussion of if, the, if this is allowed or not. Thankfully, after a couple phone calls with them, um, there was prior art kind of prior precedent for these kinds of apps and they got through and they just magically approved it but i'm also working on a technical solution so i never have to go through that again <laughs> okay <laughs> so what are you oh using God. the help kit stuff for nothing nothing i give you all of ios access and from the api you can start hitting health stuff Oh, so that's the issue. So my app can do it. I didn't even think. I didn't because even this think thing about lets that. You touch. You can touch the accelerometer. Yeah. I mean, people always think about the network, but there's a lot of hardware on these I devices never even, and you know, a lot I, of data. Yeah. Your my music app's just collection. Like, yeah, <laughs> my app is just showing some information. I didn't even. I didn't even think of accessing sensors. That's that's freaking. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it makes for fun demos. That's yeah. why I added a bunch of plot libraries and things in the last update. That's awesome. <laughs> I need to write better uh, to examples, examples for it. More. That's cool. Uh, those ones are still a little boring. I'm gonna work on okay, some better okay. ones. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> so, but there is at least plotting now. Sorry. <laughs> so you know the first thing that's really cool about continuous is just the fact that we can write in .NET on here. But the other part, like you mentioned, is just having that quick iterative cycle of real-time building slash running. So can you tell us really what's going on behind the scenes uh, in, yep. in that a little bit more? Sure, sure. Um, it uses the same build engine as Visual Studio does to give you IntelliSense. Uh, but Visual Studio is a little funny. It'll run a full compile your code in order to give you IntelliSense. But then when you tell it to build and run, it actually throws that away, runs the MS build version, <laughs> <laughs> redoes all the work all over again. Well, it's like my and, kids. Uh, I always tell them to like recheck their homework and like do the problem two different ways. Ooh, <laughs> Just okay. wants to be sure. <laughs> they must love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Right. So, uh, well, I need to do that same thing because I have code completion and that kind of stuff. The difference is uh, I don't throw away that build. So I keep that build hot. I keep it lively. Uh, like I said, I update it every third of a second whenever you stop, take a breath. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll run a compile as fast as I can. And assuming that compile succeeds, it'll just start executing the assembly but even that is a little weird because you don't always write console apps in the case of a script executing makes perfect sense just run the script mm -hmm. console app same difference it just runs the console app uh, but for GUI apps it's a little weirder to think well what do you actually mean by running and that's why I introduced um, this whole other set but just getting back to the main topic of that's what it's doing every keystroke just watching that buffer notices the change rebuilds reruns is that time configurable no i thought <laughs> you could turn it off the only reason i asked what yes, popped into my head because I, I i honestly I, i've used this thing probably for i don't know 10 to 12 hours now awesome um so the the app that 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 i have is actually um screen scraping from linkedin um, oh, yeah. I started writing it like two days before the LinkedIn acquisition. Like there's going to be an easier way to get the data, but for right now, um, I figure I'm, I'm probably breaking their terms of service, but now that they're the same company, like it's probably okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, so I, I'm in my app, it's going and pulling LinkedIn data and it, you know, it has to make that HTTP request. Well now every time I hit a key and I, 
you know, like whatever, it still works fine. Actually, they, they have, they haven't rate limited me yet, but I have to imagine like I'm, you know, every key price I, you know, after a third of a second, it's going and making another HTTP call. Correct. (laughs) Hopefully it's a tiny bit slower than that because you're going to get throttled by their server. Um, Yeah. uh, Just in the transmission time. I mean, not proper throttling. Plus, I just want to make sure that was actually what was happening because it's so fast. Yeah, that's basically what's happening. (laughs) Okay. It's so So fast. Your network is fast. I highly recommend enabling HTTP caching. Okay. (laughs) So there's usually a little flag you can put on the client and that'll save a lot of network bandwidth when you're doing that kind of thing. Okay. But yeah, there's basically two scenarios where this doesn't work too well. And that's... um, um, accessing the network and then the other one slips my mind i don't know why is it too but it's um anything cpu intensive also right. so if, if i'm writing a ray tracer that takes a minute to run the right. scene every time every keystroke it's going to get annoying yeah uh so there is a pretty quick option you can get to to turn off it'll still automatically build every time you type a character it just won't run Mm -hmm. and for that you just have to press the play button manually i had to put that just so i don't eat through all your network bandwidth or anything like that (laughs) uh so what cases did you have in mind whenever you're building this i mean so you know you wanted to do your development in an ipad but you know like what types of apps did you want to make on here to be honest i wasn't even thinking full apps in the very beginning the my first use case was I wanted to write controls. So uh, like mm. custom controls that you would put in your app. Because what I was finding, uh, that and GUI design, I found that those were the most frustrating yep. times I had in the editor where you want to change a color by a tiny little amount and then you have to rebuild the whole app, re-execute it. Okay, maybe a color should be in an external file, but whatever. It, you still have to go through this compile cycle every time you change a tiny little thing. And so it was mostly for GUI work that I just said, I want this instantaneous feedback kind of thing where I want it running as fast as I can because I just, I personally, I found I was taking shortcuts because I was getting so tired yeah. of the compile cycle. Like, okay, that blue is good enough. I wouldn't go for perfect <laughs> blue. That was good enough. Well, yeah, because of that Cause whole I'm cycle. Not, oh, I'll call it a uh, human unit tests. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish you could unit test that, but well, no, because what, what I was what I was thinking yeah, is, human. yeah, back end code. You're going to unit test it, and you're going to have it run all the mm-hmm. time. For the front end, you couldn't do that, and you but you've basically made it so you can. So you're changing your code, and your 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 unit test is you know your eyes, you know. Yeah. So you've basically now we're doing front end unit testing without all of the horrible things that come along with that. Right. And the instantaneous feedback actually makes it feel yeah. like a designer instead of like you're coding. Yeah. So I feel like I'm just using a really junky image editor that makes me type everything, <laughs> but at least it's giving me real that's feedback. Because I've and had people other, tell me like, oh, well, you know, Visual Studio has a designer and I'm like, no, that's a designer. <laughs> like, it's not the same thing. And you, you're you not even guaranteed that it's going to look the same. Like, this is the same thing. I want to stress that to everybody. Like, the code that you're running, like, that's the code. It's being built. It's running on the device and there's a little button too. So it's basically on an, on an iPad, you'll see like the, the iPhone version on the side is what I like to think of it. Cause that's the size. Mm-hmm. And then you push this little button, it goes full screens. And now you have the I, the um, iPad version and you have a pong game on there and you can play um, like that's not a designer. Like you're playing <laughs> the game. <laughs> Well, we can we can bring this all the way back to Joel Spolsky again. Everything yeah. goes back to Joel. Yeah, <laughs> centered around him. <laughs> he used to have a podcast. It used to be uh, my favorite podcast. Um, he said once in it that his problem with designers was that they were a static view of your application. And applications, GUIs, they're very dynamic. Yep. And so he said everything in Visual Basic eventually fell down to layering a bunch of things on top of each other, setting a bunch of hidden and you know not visible, not this. But you're getting this weird static snapshot of 
your screen. And the the benefits go away quite quickly once you get away from very simple GUIs. And so eventually you need interactivity because this thing's dynamic. You need to see it running dynamically. A static shot's just not good enough. Right, right. Absolutely. So you mentioned that you didn't initially envision this to be creating applications, but what, what kind of code really, I mean, obviously C sharp, F sharp code, but am I, am I making like a Xamarin app? Is it console? Could I even do ASP net? I mean, what, what can I do with it today? Well, I, I've since flipped on my, I wasn't going to be able to build big apps in it because now I actually can. Um, at least in the iOS world, your app is rooted in a root view controller. It's just kind of your main window. And you point this thing at that and all of a sudden your app is running fully contained within this IDE. So you absolutely can do that now. Um Console apps, yep, it does console apps. They act just a lot like scripts. I guess I first started out with the scripting behavior because I thought, well, this is going to be fun for just jotting down fun ideas and just prototyping new ideas. And so uh, scripting on it's kind of a first-class thing. You can just write uh, CSX files and FSX files. Then when scripts get to be a little bit too long, you should turn those into console projects. Uh, those are fine. I would say that... Um, it, it's it's not even the greatest for console projects because you can't read from standard in or anything like that. So my big argument is go from script to a GUI app. It's it's 2016. Let's just write GUIs. We have a million libraries to do it. It's not so hard. So this thing bundles, like I said, all the iOS controls plus Xamarin Forms, which makes writing GUIs pretty simple. So I would say start at the script level, build up, and then just start putting a nice little GUI on it. So that would solve your problem of constantly uh, doing the HTTP requests. If you just no. put a little Xamarin's Forms thing there and little button, and then on button click, do the HTTP request. Okay. But then you lose a little bit of your instantaneous feedback. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. At least you can I'll switch. just hammer LinkedIn servers. Like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I'm just moving that problem over to them. <laughs> well, this this actually kind of leads into a whole nother design thing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. but I don't have a good way to preface that. Yeah. Uh, scripts are fun, but scripts get annoying after a while. Um, I always write my apps and <laughs> before in an object-oriented way. I write a bunch of classes. The classes reference other mm -hmm. objects, things like that. Um, <laughs> but uh, sorry, I have to go back a tiny bit. No, that's There's fine. another concept called a REPL, the yep. read, eval, print loop. And I've always been intrigued by those because you could just type code in and get immediate feedback. But they assume a procedural style of things like do this, then do that, then do this. Whereas I'm writing my code as objects. And so I just had no way to reconcile those two worlds, the scripting REPL world and this I'm declaring a bunch of classes world. And so a big feature that I'm quite proud of in the app is the watch window, which lets you navigate class declarations and then just new up objects in that class. And then you'll see like a debugger view of that object. You'll see all its okay. properties. I haven't even played with that, honestly. Yeah. So if you just start declaring classes, like there's a class ball in the uh, um, uh, Pong example, yeah. but whatever, you can just start declaring classes. And then on top of that, it'll also show you methods in that class and you can start calling methods in that object itself. And so this is a way to have entry points into an app that otherwise would never have entry points because it's a GUI, reactive, event-based app, not a script. 
Cool. I'm just looking at that right now. <laughs> it's kind of the more advanced feature. I don't think a lot of people have fully clued. Yeah, I wasn't yet, quite sure. It's, yeah, it's like what? It's the feature on? that makes it usable professionally for me. It is. It's cool. what allows me yeah, to, able to load like, up a large the whole stack. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You can lo- load a large code base and just focus in on one area. So that's the kind of pro use of the app. That is really cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna become a pro now. <laughs> so I have kind of two related questions here. One is like, um, well. I guess the, the overarching question is how do I incorporate this in my workflow? So the two sub questions are like, how do I get code in and out of it? And then not just that, like, and I can tell you how I've done it and it's probably really horrible. But then the other thing is, um, you know, how do I actually, when I'm writing these, cause right now I'm using like these CSX files, these script files, how do I actually get that into like my real code base? I can tell you how I've been doing it. You can tell me how wrong I am, <laughs> but I, I've, it's, it's funny cause I've been structuring in such a way, like I have. For one of my GUIs, I actually have a function that that will populate like the whole. It basically it's it's basically a controller, and um, it takes in you know like an object, and then it also takes in basically the. Um, I actually send in a, a page stack, which is probably a bad way of doing it, or a stack panel, whatever it's called, and then it populates the entire screen and it raises events and all that kind of thing. So I can actually write that exact you know I can have that exact controller in my CSX file, and then I can have some dummy data in there or whatever. And then what I do is I I've been exporting that and then I can just bring it into Xamarin on my computer and I can, you know, incorporate it with the rest of my code. Yep. Uh, so lots, lots of options, none of which are perfect, unfortunately yeah. right now. <laughs> uh, so the current version relies heavily on the built in sharing parts of iOS. Yeah. So the options it gives you right now, uh, let's say you wrote a file in the app, a green room, brand new file. You can, send that to other apps as a file. And so if you have Dropbox on your device or mm-hmm. if you have um, uh, SkyDrive or any of those, mm-hmm. um, it'll just go there. And so me personally, that's how I tend to do things. I run in a weird way where I have Git repos under Dropbox. And so mm. my Dropbox actually syncs all my source code also. Okay. Uh, so that way actually works for me. But I understand not everyone's crazy enough right. like me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's a few uh, more alternatives. Uh, a nice feature coming in iOS 10 and the uh, latest... Um, Mac OS is a shared clipboard. So whenever I actually want to share files, I'm, I run the new version. You can just select stuff, say select all, copy it, switch over to your Mac, paste oh, it Oh, that in. will be nice, yeah. The same thing works for AirDrop at the file level. Um, unlike you, instead of just sharing to another application, you can share to another computer. And so a lot of times I'll just send a whole file, like a CSX file or whatever, straight to another Mac mm-hmm. and then walk over to the Mac and pull the file down. So that works pretty well. Now, the one thing everyone's been wanting Git. is Git support. <laughs> <laughs> I'm psychic. <laughs> so let's just say Git is written in C, and it's been a pain in the butt <laughs> to get onto the iPad. So it's going to take you what, like two, two weeks? Are so just... you making that commitment on the show here? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you're supposed to do, right? I was going to say, this podcast isn't helping, is it? I'm sorry. We're keeping, we're keeping Frank from writing code that we all want. I've gone through so many... Uh, trials of it though so i have like the native version of git running on ios but yeah. i'm very suspicious of it i, I assume there's memory <laughs> leaks everywhere yeah, you do not want to mess with somebody's git repo i know it's yeah. so important well the good thing about git is it's distributed yeah so if i download their 
repo technically unless i start pushing crazily i can't hurt it right so it is safe ish um <laughs> i'm still freaked out by it yeah <laughs> just making sure yep. uh, especially when i'm no git expert yeah i understand how the database works but anyway so git eventually git yes <laughs> i don't know the commitment time though okay <laughs> i'm working on it <laughs> no that's perfectly fine uh there are git apps uh just put it out there there's one called working copy uh, on the ipad and just like you can send files to and from dropbox you can send files to and from git apps how do you and how do you bring in a file i've seen how you send it out how do you bring it in sorry i'm missing the come in dialog box oh. uh, but what you do uh, what you can do is start in another app and send it to continuous Ah. Uh. Okay. Yeah, it's just a little workflow. That I never even thought of that. Okay, so it is. To. It's yeah. like a share target then. Exactly. So okay. if you were in a Git app, you could send over okay. uh, directories. And or what files. was the Git app that you mentioned? Working copy. Working. It's copy. a nice one. He's downloading yeah. it right now. In case, you... <laughs> <laughs> of course, as I am. It's a good little app. Uh, I could do better to integrate with them, but at least I have basic, very basic integration. Oh, it's free, but there's in-app purchases. This isn't going to end. Well. Uh, it, it's pretty decent, the free version, but. He only wants a couple bucks just support the okay no no absolutely (laughs) i'm just looking next to it it's there's a there's an enterprise one for 15 bucks and that's a little pricey for me unless i if i know that i never got that no problem but Mm -hmm. no the in-app purchase is the way i went so speaking of supporting indie developers you know what has been your support from the community because i remember seeing it on day one and i'd immediately clicked what i could do with this so i downloaded it gave you your ten dollars or 9.99 thank you sir but you know how how has the reaction been as a whole for you uh super positive um there's always one or two people saying why would you want to program on an ipad but it's (laughs) literally just been a couple people (laughs) everyone else at least my friends have been (laughs) very positive uh i think it was definitely a little bit of an itch um a lot of dotnet developers own ipads and I don't know, maybe I'm just too much in love with programming, but if I like programming and I like iPads, why don't I want them together? So I think it did actually resonate with a lot of people. And so I got a lot of good feedback. Fortunately, it was a solid release too. So I didn't have too many bug reports on the day one. Of course, F sharp people found bugs because they're F sharp people. (laughs) (laughs) You are one, so you can say that. I guess. I don't. They write code that even I. Oh, gosh. This uh, one gentleman sent me a test case or some code that wasn't working. And I had to stare at it for a good five minutes before I even understood what the code was supposed to do, Uh, let alone figure out what my app was doing that wasn't executing it correctly. Ouch. But aside from that, yeah, um, lots of interest, lots of positivity. Very cool. So final question, what's on the, what's on the roadmap? You know, just, you can talk quietly <laughs> just, just between us. It's just get, <laughs> once I do get, I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. He just drops the mic and <laughs> there you go. No, um, uh, I have some pet features that I want for myself. So th- yeah. these are my own. Um, I want like closure support and I might want like some Python or something. So I, I, per, as a programming language geek, I just want some more languages in it. Okay. Um, I do have to spend a lot of time improving the text editor. There's just a lot of uh, little things that I want to be able to, that I find I'm, I'm still more efficient on a desktop computer because it's missing these few little things. So that includes refactorings. It includes dumb yeah. things like toggle comments, move this block of code here, a good integrated search. So there's just a lot of text editor improvements that I want to make just to make it 
really feel at home so, so I can feel like I'm really doing good work on it. Here's an exercise for the listener. Everybody go out there and review that. If you try this app, review it. I feel bad. Cause like the, the one is five stars. The other one's only three stars. Just, it's just because you don't have get support. I know. <laughs> Come on. People really do want not it. give bad reviews with feature this requests. You is just classic iOS review. I know uh, four stars. Yeah. I love your app. Yeah, your it app is my the, life. Yeah. I found my wife because of your app. But it doesn't have my favorite cat. <laughs> <laughs> one star. Four stars. <laughs> Four. That's. I think you're being nice. Yeah. You're I've right. seen. I've seen one star reviews like that. So, or it'll be, or it'll be like some stupid question, like I bought a new iPad. How do I download it again? One star. <laughs> Thanks. Buddy. I've been doing this for eight years. I have have developed a semi thick skin. Okay. Sometimes my day can still be ruined by reviews like that, but not too much anymore. Okay. <laughs> Uh, but I appreciate it. Yes, please go review. Reviews really help. And if you didn't know, reviews really help independent developers. Yeah. So if you find an app that you like, don't assume it's by some big corporation full of nameless people. Go review it. It really helps us out. Yeah. And that way we don't have to put those nag screens. Yeah, in the app. I'm working on it. I'm gonna I'm gonna submit. <laughs> oh, thank it. you. I, gotta, I, gotta, I just I don't want to type it here while I'm talking. <laughs> no, I appreciate. It. Put some thought into it. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the Azure pick of the week. So this is a quick one, but Azure Active Directory B2C is generally available in North America. So B2C, um, have you been working with B2C, Carl? Uh, I personally haven't, but I know uh, where I work, there's a few people that specialize in identity stuff, and they have been geeking out over the preview of it for a long time. Yeah. So it integrates with, uh, you know, with all these like third party um, identity providers. So if you want to authenticate with like Facebook or uh, Google or I don't even know what the list is, um, you know, it, it this is what what actually does that. It's a really awesome service. Um, they're just killing it with all the Active Directory stuff. Um, just they just need to keep moving forward and keep bringing us cool stuff because it's awesome. So we wanted to mention that. And then we have I just threw this in there, Carl. So you might not have even seen it. But I, I've I been using it. Okay, I added a, an app of the week, uh, and I think it's just iPhone, right? Yes. So it's actually an iPhone app. It's called Pix, P-I-X. Uh, so it's by Microsoft. This thing is amazing. So so, so it's, it's an alternate camera app yep. that it kind of just does a bunch of like auto optimizations. It kind of like deterministically figures out what's the best picture. And for me, what's the coolest thing is, is that it's really, you know, they put some design work into this to make get easy to compare to the original photo that you would have taken without it just to like prove to yourself like, Oh, this is better. And I haven't seen it like not do an amazing job. I've taken several dozen pictures with it and every one it's like, wow, these are way better. So it's actually buffering pictures. So it's going, it's, I, I don't know if it's, if it's doing like video or how it's doing it, but it continuously takes pictures. It actually tries to analyze it. Yeah, it tries to take it at the right time. And then it also does this an amazing job with the lighting. Cause I've always used like Facebook and like Google and they all have this like magic fixing thing, right? Where you push it and it's just like, bring, we fixed your image and it looks like crap. Like I, 90% of the time it just looks more, it looks worse to me. This is the first time I've actually seen it work well. I'm trying to, I don't know. I have a whole bunch of pictures here. Um, I, I don't really need to show a detailed picture of this, but it's a picture of my, my daughter with, uh, Anna and Elsa. And, uh, so I just took this, uh, would have been yesterday and we were actually, we're in a shadow 
And in the back, it was the sun and it was, you know, shining brightly. And normally what you get is it's real dark. And in here you can see their faces perfectly. Um, so there's some examples on the, the web, on their website. So Carl will find those and, and link to them. Um, so you can see sort of the before and after, but uh, it's amazing. I mean, it's not like as convenient as the built-in camera, but I took a lot of pictures of my daughter for her birthday. And it was like, you know, of course my wife didn't warn me ahead of time, so I didn't bring my camera. So I just had my phone, but I use this app and they turn out way better than what they would have normally. Um, and like you said, you can do the comparison and it was pretty obvious. Uh, okay. What's your dev tip of the week? So I have two. The first one is because, um, by the time the show comes out, windows anniversary edition will be out. And I know a lot of, especially devs out there, they like to just kind of like wipe out a machine and just get it back to a new state with all the the new OS bits on there. And uh, in order to get it back, uh, <laughs> I love how enthusiastic Frank was. Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only way to go. <laughs> yep. So I use Box Starter, and it uses Chocolatey to just kind of like you give it a, a script that has all of the apps that you want installed. And it just kind of just chugs through them. If there's reboots, it'll reboot and get right back to it. Um, and I'll also include links to my box starter. And I know Jason, you have a box starter out on GitHub as well. What's what's really cool about it is you don't have to install anything first. You, there's a a command line that you essentially give it. It goes to boxstarter.org and it references whatever gist that you put in there and it'll install everything all on its own, including itself, which is, kind of mind-blowing even as a developer yeah always shot tags i hope <laughs> <laughs> so the second dev tip of the week is of course a visual studio extension for mads christensen but this one's kind of meta it's called the web extension pack and this extension installs all of the other web extensions that you might want if you're a web developer <laughs> So it's an extension that installs extensions. It's awesome. This guy, this guy, there's, there's like, <laughs> I, there's like this handful of developers. And I think Frank is in this group too. Cause I've seen some of his other work. They just, I, they're just like mad scientists. I just can't believe like how many, you know, this pump out like these just amazing things, like all the freaking time. I'm so jealous. Well, they made it so easy to distribute things. Now, why not distribute every little yeah, project yeah, that yeah. you write? Cause one thing we didn't mention that's <laughs> totally off topic is like you, you have an app called uh, iCircuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, one of the people at Microsoft that I actually mentioned this app, I showed them continuous. They said, Oh, that reminds me of, um, this app where it does like the circuits in real time. And then I didn't even realize that you did that. I'm like, Oh, that sounds cool. I'll have to look that up. I go look. I'm like, it's the same guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what There's are the odds of that? Theme. I'm very impatient. I like things to run while you work on them. <laughs> yeah. But your app like has it like, you, like yeah. they can tell who wrote it. Just by like the, the just by like feeling it. <laughs> I'm gonna take that as a compliment for now. But. It's cool. It's cool. Like you're the ghost in the machine. Oh, <laughs> uh, just wait for 20 more years and you'll be real creeped out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, you're done with your dev tips of the week, there, Carl. Yes. Overachiever. Uh, so, <laughs> Frank, we play a game on this show. Uh, I need you to pick a number between one and four, inclusive. Mm, three. Okay. Would you rather have 14 fingers or 16 toes? me personally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i can't like this isn't the royal you <laughs> um, uh i'm gonna go with uh whew, that's oh wow when you really think about it i mean do i want to be better at my fingers are kind of useless Wait, so, you're a developer 
Uh, I, he just used they, one at a time. It was like in already. the Matrix when they had a lot of fingers, right? Or one of those sci-fi shows. They had too many fingers, and it really creeped me out. So I'm going with the toes. Okay, that the way toes. you can hide it. <laughs> well, uh, I was actually thinking swimming because I was doing some swimming recently. I thought uh, maybe it would give me a better kick. There you go. And I've been doing hiking and just have now there better. are people with six, six fingers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do they happens. have like does does I mean does it work? Yeah, I, I assume it works. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I wonder if you, all your fingers are kind of joined ner- your nervous system. A lot yeah. of your fingers are joined anyway. So I think we could definitely handle 14. Yeah. I'm just thinking like you'd probably almost want like a specialized keyboard. Although I guess my, that might work out pretty well, actually. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not a proper <laughs> typist anyway, so I just have to invent yet another style. Oh, well. Yeah. So I mean, but you'd, you'd cover up. I mean, what I really need is like 26 fingers <laughs> and, and maybe like some of the common symbols. In, in There's some okay. sci-fi show, very classic, where just more and more fingers come out. <laughs> maybe it was Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, Carl, pick a number. I'll take number one. Okay. <laughs> uh... Okay, here we go. In a basketball game, would you, would you, okay, let me start over in a basketball game with you and four friends against a pro basketball team. Would you rather be able to replace one of your teammates with Batman or with Spider-Man? Spider-Man. I love how oddly specific it is. (laughs) Yeah, but can Batman, can he, can he bring like extra gear to the court? (laughs) You know, gear in a game like that just seems like it would get in the way. Whereas Spider-Man, that's all dexterity and well and and endurance and flex and people are just gonna get hurt if batman's playing it's just gonna happen <laughs> that's true like you hit that guy with his armor on uh, unless he showed up as like john wayne or uh, give me the ball bruce wayne and just give me swing the money ball. around i'm open i'm open then <laughs> everyone lets him take the layup so like yeah go ahead mr wayne <laughs> i'm batman <laughs> anyway with that uh okay so where can people find you frank uh twitter is usually the best place i have kind of a funny username it's preclarum p-r-a-e-c-l-a-r-u-m okay wow hopefully it'll be in the show notes yeah it'll be in the show notes (laughs) Uh, i have a blog at the same thing uh preclarum.org and i basically go by that name everywhere oh uh but more importantly github go check out my open source projects throw me some pull requests throw me some issues i love that kind of stuff awesome and Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter as well at Carl Schweitzer. You can find me at whytechie.com or on Twitter at twitter.com slash whytechie. So thank you so much for coming on here and talking about Continuous. This is so cool. And I can't wait to see uh, what else you're working on. This is just such cool stuff. So thank you so much. Thank you. This has been a blast. <laughs>